Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Views on View. I'm your host, Lindsay Wardell. With me today is Steve Edwards. Hello from, what do we got? Cloudy Portland today. Cloudy, but warm. It's weird. We're, we're almost to the 60s. Anyway, here is with us as our special guest is Debbie O'Brien. Welcome, Debbie. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and for those who cannot see, which is all of you except us three here, Debbie is all ready for St. Patrick's Day, which is the day we're recording with an Ooh. awesome hat and, <laughs> and a full outfit going here. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you. And happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. I know when you're listening, it's going to be too late, but still, it doesn't matter. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator. Not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at devheroesaccelerator.com. So for those who aren't aware, Debbie was on our show previously, so you might have heard her, her voice. She's also very well known in the View and the Next communities for her work putting out blogs, putting out videos, answering questions at meetups. So like I said, welcome, Debbie. Just real quick, though, I, I wonder if you could give us a quick update on what you've been doing since the last time you were on the show. Oh, my God. I think that was a year ago. Like, and it's, I, like it's been very, a little while, yeah. No, it's only been a few my... months. It's only been a few months, I think. Really? I mean, it, yeah. I mean it's still March. I don't know. It was definitely last year. It wasn't this year. Was it this year? No, it was, no, it was last year. It was definitely last year. Yeah, so a lot has changed, I guess. Like, I'm still nuxtifying the world, but I'm now bitifying the world, too, because <laughs> I changed jobs, <laughs> as you do in a pandemic, you know. It sounds like the right thing to do. Yeah, you, I think it teaches you to just make kind of like crazy decisions because you've nothing to lose anymore, right? <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people on Twitter have been switching up jobs. There's a, yeah, even yourself, right? That's right. I am now at this.labs as of a few weeks ago as of recording. So, but yeah, okay. so you are now at bit.dev. Is that correct? Yes. So the company is called Bit and the website is bit.dev. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredible change. It's a massive change, actually, uh, but very challenging, but very, very good. It's, I've been here not even three weeks yet. So it's like very, very new. <laughs> Awesome. What what does Bit do? What 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 product are they putting out? Yeah. So it's it's how do I explain this the simplest way possible? Because it's very hard to explain, right? And I've been learning about everything it does, and I still haven't learned everything because there's so much. But the idea is basically that you want to think in components as opposed to thinking in applications. So you know when you're building your your websites, right? And the first thing you see is this application and you build the application, you build your components based on that application. And the idea behind Bit is to think about components first so that you build the components that can build that application, but not just that application, but other applications because we're like expanding the world in, in the whole internet, right? Everything is going, every company enterprise have more than one application. And now they've kind of come to a stage where like, you know, things are not scalable because they've built based on one application. So that's the kind of like idea behind it. And then what it gives you is like a whole way of seeing your components very easily. 
So you can see like a library of all these components that you've built and not just see them, but you can see that they're tested. You can see like the code, obviously the composition, how it's composed, which components depend on which components. And you can see this very easy. You can search, uh, search it. And then you can obviously use it in whatever code base, which means any person on not just your team, but any team can then use that component or those components to build whatever they want to build. And that's the idea. It's about sharing your components easily across different projects, across different teams. And you might say like, oh, but it's similar to NPM packages, right? You know, but it's not, right? Because we use NPM because NPM is a package manager. So we use NPM or Yarn and you can, you know, put it up into the NPM registry and you version those components. Your components are now versioned and you can import them into any project. But this is the cool thing that you can import them into a, an external project and edit that component if you have obviously admin rights, <laughs> edit that component and then tag that component to a new version and then you know upload that version to NPM and then you've got that new version of the component that can then be used across the other applications if those other applications want that version of the component or not. So it's, yeah, it's quite complex if you think about it. There's a lot going on, so it's a lot to learn, but it's very, very cool. And if you're thinking about sharing things across different teams and different projects, it's, it's incredible what it does. That was a short answer, by the way. <laughs> I believe it. So, so it sounds like it's it's kind of like a, a tool for building a component library for an internal use across teams, but also allows for collaboration between those teams to build out that library. Is that am I getting it right? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could put it like that. And it's also a lot of open source, right? So you can like my components are open source. You could use my components and you could reconstruct your application to be like my application, right? If you want oh, to. Okay. So, so there's a lot of open source, but there's a private one as well if you want to pay and have things private for sure, you know? Okay. So if I wanted to build out super awesome component library tool with Tailwind and whatever, and then I could, you could use that and contribute to it fairly seamlessly just using this tool. Yeah. If you gave me permission on your team to contribute right, right. to it, but yeah. if not, like, you know, so when you build something, it's it's kind of yours, unless you allow me. But yeah, so in, in TeamBit, for example, we've created like a lot of base UI components. So you don't have to then build all those base UI components yourself because that's just tedious work, isn't it? It's like, you just need a button that does the job of a button. And then you want to just, you know, throw your theme context over, throw your theme on it, modify it, change it, but you don't want to have to do the groundwork. So you can like use someone else's base and, and then build on top of it. And then you can share it and other people can use it. It's a great way of looking for a component that like, you know, maybe you want a loader and you just don't want to, you don't want to code a loader, right? A spinner or whatever. You just take the code from someone else and import it and then use it. Cool. And do I, do I find, do I discover all of these components through the bit.dev website or am I just going to NPM? Yeah, no, you do it through the, through the bit.dev website. So when you okay. go in, you get a whole like uh, interface, like a UI, and you can search for, you know, React components, view components, um, et cetera. And then basically just, you know, I don't know, search for a button and you'll find like a load of different buttons and choose the one you want. And I mean, you, you should install it because then you're going to get the tested version and you're going to get everything that works correctly, right? But you could just go to the code block and just take the code and you want to do and still use that component, you know, because it's open source, right? So it's like, like anything, you can just use the code block and then extend it and use it yourself. But the idea behind it is that you take the component and use it because it's gonna, it's, if it was done right, it's gonna have good testing, it's gonna be really well built, et cetera. But obviously, you know, it depends on what component you take and there's a lot out there as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. 
And the new version is in public beta at the moment, literally since literally since last week, and we haven't actually advertised it to anyone yet. So it's kind of like a silent release, so sh- don't tell anyone yet. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> but, it's just um, a streak. <laughs> so yeah, um, people are just kind of starting out to try the new version, which is much more improved than the than the last version. Like it's it's like totally different and there's more coming. So there's going to be like a way for dependencies to update themselves. You're going to be able to see dependencies across your projects, which is called Ripple CI. And that's going to be like, yeah, it's just, it's such cool things that I can barely not tell you about because it's not even, they haven't even finished building it, right? It's that new. So the new version is called Harmony. That's out for public better. You can test that out. And then we're still working on like the documentation, the tutorial videos and all that kind of stuff. And then the other things are going to come with it, which is the dependency updates, which is going to make it just easier for you to see what's going on across all your all your components. You know what what de- what depends on what and what got updated when you, what got affected when you updated and created a new version of your component. So it's really cool. <laughs> that does sound cool, and and sounds like it supports multiple frameworks: so React, Vue, Angular, well, Svelte. Yeah. So the older version did support all of those. Maybe not Svelte, but Vue and React and Angular, but the new version at the moment only supports React. And I know that's kind of like, like, ow, seriously, ow, I know. But it's because it's in public beta and it literally takes a day's work to put Vue in. But we haven't put Vue in for the reasons that we need to make sure everything is, you know, stable because we're in beta. So there are kind of like, you know, little gotchas that need to be fixed. And when everything is fixed, then yes, we just, you know, put Vue in there, put Angular in there. It's on the roadmap. It's going to happen. But it's just right now you need to, yeah, you need to work in React for the Harmony version. For the legacy version, you can use Vue. Got it. Guess I'll have to learn how to import React into a Next application then. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> Probably not. I need to learn that too, though, because like I've been, I've been taking my website, which is obviously a Nuxt website, right? And I've been trying to like, you know, use Bit. I want to use Bit to know it better, right? So I'm built, rebuilding my website, but not. I'm not going to like actually rebuild a website because, like, you know, it's in Nuxt and stuff. But I just want to take the components and build those components in React. And like just doing that was like, you know, oh, my God, there's so much differences. And it's so it's not an easy task just to take, you know, a view component and turn it into React. It should be like an application where it says, like, you know, press a button, change to view to React, shouldn't it? That'd be <laughs> nice. Somebody I, build I, that tool. <laughs> I would appreciate that. I, I want to dive into some of your exploration with React as well, because I've seen I've seen the tweets. I've heard it from from reliable sources that you are you are trying out React more and more. But yeah. before we get there, what what is your particular role at Bit? I know you were head of learning at Nuxt. Is that the a similar role that you're going to be filling at Bit? Yeah, I guess it's it's very similar. So head developer advocate. So basically leading the developer advocacy in every way possible so that more people you know, understand Bit, can learn Bit, come on board. But it's a little bit different because in this role, I'm doing a lot of building the developer experience tools as well, which is really exciting. Ooh. I'm like, yeah, I was thrown in the deep end, like literally like, you know, so instead of creating better documentation, for example, why not try and create better dev tools so that people don't have to read documentation because we have, you know, like say a create new component button. So you want to, you want to, a button or you want a paragraph or I don't know what component you want a card, create new card, bang, you've got everything you need and then just modify that and edit it, right? That's kind of cool. 
that's what I'm going to build on Thursday or try to build. I don't know how long that's going to take me to do, <laughs> but um, I have a great team behind me. We do a lot of pair programming sessions. So it's not just me actually trying to figure things out, which is great. And then like, you know, what else does the user want? So they've got this component. What do they want to do next? Try and figure out what the user wants and then try and guide them through the, like the UI. You know, they've done like, they've done bit start. Now they're in this localhost 3000. And you don't want to send them back to the documentation to read the next step because, you know, I don't know if you're like me, Lindsay, but I just don't go back to the documentation once I'm in the UI. <laughs> That's it. I'm there. So, yeah, my job is going to be doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And and then obviously conference talks, podcasts like here, everything I can do to bitify the world. <laughs> that sounds fun. And I definitely look forward to seeing the the tools that are coming out. And I'll make sure to to let you know any feedback I have. Yeah, for definite. Like the more feedback we get, the better, because obviously, you know, working with developers, we need the developers to tell us what's going wrong, what's going right. And when people like, you know, send an issue because they try to do something on the docs and it didn't work. And then they're like, oh, no, I can't say that because no, like, tell us, like, tell us what's going wrong. We're in public better. So it's like, you know, obviously there are things that are not going to be perfect and we can make them perfect if people give feedback. Feedback is so important, especially the bad feedback. It's like, that's how we learn. And I'm, I'm assuming at some point in this roadmap, I'm, I'm looking at it as a few developer again. At some point, the 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 latest public beta will will support Vue. Is that is that coming in like a month, a few months, sooner than that? Obviously, yeah, it's not really known. But what what's your what's your feel on it at this point? Well, it's like everything in developer world. It's coming soon. It's coming soon, just like Nux three is coming soon. Just like Vue so, three came soon for year and a half, right? Yeah, but I'm not saying it's going to be in a year and a half. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying that we don't know. It depends on, um, it, it's like there's a backlog of things and we, if we put Vue in there and then React doesn't work and Vue doesn't work and things are not working. No, I'm not saying that React doesn't work right now because it does. But um, for example, I'll give you a great example. We were trying to install. So the whole installing procedure was a nightmare. It was like, oh my God, I've got to do all this just to install the package because I was using Volta and that's a package manager, but it only worked with NVM. So I had to like remove Volta, I had to install NVM, I had to do like bash scripts and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a nightmare. So we built a tool called BVM, Bit Version Manager. And now we just have to do one install and that just solves all the problems, right? So we're trying to make things easier so that people don't have problems in getting started and getting to use and getting to use bit. So putting view in would just complicate things because we start having to do all that. And then we're not focusing on making the product better because view is going to use this tool. View is going to use the new component. We just have to change the template, right? It's the same thing. You just modify the template. Environments, we have the React environment. View is the same thing. You just have to modify. So there's still a bit of a work to do. It's just, we need to prioritize things first. I would put view in there tomorrow if I was allowed, <laughs> but other people tell me there's other things more important. So yeah, um, it, view is definitely coming and it won't take long. I guess if people kind of make loads of noise and keep saying, you know, when is a view support? When is view support? When is view support? It might happen sooner. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I will I will make sure to add my voice to that. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> I, but yeah, you know, Re React is fine, I guess. And it, and it definitely makes sense to start with a single framework and build the tool up from there. Speaking of React, let's let's dive into that now. So you've been having to learn React, and as as a 
I, I would describe you as a hardcore view developer, considering what you've been doing. What has that experience been like? I'm sure for many of our listeners, they're looking for jobs or they, they have a job and they're looking for the next one. There's a lot of job listings out there that need React experience. So what, is, what has that been like for you as a view developer learning React? So it has been horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> <laughs> because like you said, and you, you said you consider me hardcore, so thanks for that. But I also kind of consider myself as someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to developing in Vue and in Nuxt. And, you know, I can pretty much build an application in a very short space of time. And then you go in a React and like, I can't even build a component. I can't even build a button. It's like, oh my God, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it just makes you feel like, a junior, junior, junior developer after like, you know, being a black belt in, in, in something else, right? And you just come down to a completely different level. And then you kind of say, how do I learn this? Where do I start? And the docs were not helpful. The docs for React are a little bit outdated. So they were showing how to build React in a way that's not how we should build React today. So that was really annoying. I had a great call with the React core team actually about it and there are new docs coming. So that's really exciting. But right now, those docs are kind of not great. So yeah, I was doing Kent C. Dodd's courses. I was doing Brian Holt's courses and trying to get as much information fed into my brain as fast as possible, which was really hard to do because like, I just want to install React in my brain, you know, just make it easy, right? And we're also working in TypeScript. So now I've got to learn TypeScript as well. Now, obviously, TypeScript is on the agenda. Vue is going into TypeScript. Vue 3 is written in TypeScript. Nux 3 is written in TypeScript. So this is going to have to happen eventually. But all of a sudden, it's like right now, React TypeScript and learn how Bit works, like all at the same time. And that's a lot to take in. So yeah, <laughs> it, but it's going good. Like I literally have a component open on my screen and I understand everything except for class names. There's something about class names. I'm still not 100% sure on why there's class names and an object and then a class name and what's the difference between class names and class name. And that kind of is confusing me right now. Mm, Other yeah. than that, I can build a component pretty okay. Yeah, it's definitely a different model. And I, I agree. I, I learned React when the... Uh, before hooks came out. So I, I learned React and Vue almost at the same time. I started learning React. I agree, it was horrible. So I switched to Vue pretty quickly. Vue felt a lot more comfortable, made a lot more sense in my head. And then I was able to come back to React, apply some of the concepts that Vue had. And I was like, okay, how do I do a computed property in React? How do I do a watch in React, which has changed over time at this point. But just kind of approaching it with those, those same basic concepts of how do I make this look like Vue? How do I do what I want to do in Vue in React? And yes, the the fact that the they had the two different components types, there was the class-based and the the functional. And the, I think that's what the documents re refer to right now, right? Yeah, it was it was they were using the class and and yeah, and that's not yeah. the way, yeah. Which could be confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's not the way the community is even using it today, from what I understand. Exactly. This is what we did. We did a live stream and people were like, no, that's not how we write React. And I'm like, I'm reading from the docs. Come on. How am I meant to learn if the, if the docs are not? So it was quite off-putting. But I, I would love like um, some sort of like docs that actually put the two frameworks side by side and kind of say, so in React, this is how you do it. In Vue, this is how you do it. Because sometimes it's just like when you go into JavaScript land, for example, in, in Vue, you've got the two curly brackets and in React, it's one. Okay, that's a simple thing. Now I've got that, right? That's cool. So just if you, if somebody could compare them for me, 
maybe I might just build it myself, build a blog post. I don't know. But things like that will help me understand, like binding, right? You know, when you bind the source in in Vue, you're putting the two dots. And in React, it's not. It's putting the it's putting it on the actual, what do you call it? On the like say the string the of, of what you want to put in, right? So you're not binding the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. binding yeah. the value kind of thing. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's things like that that kind of make you go, okay, that makes sense. So React does it this way, Vue does it that way. If I understand the concepts, then it's actually a lot easier. And once you can understand that, like I'm actually really enjoying working React because I'm starting to understand it. And I think when you can understand something, it's when you like something. You don't like it when you don't understand it. That makes sense. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. On the concepts that are sometimes tripping people up, did you have any issues with how React handles data binding? Because I think with Vue, you know, we've got vModel. We can do two-way data binding pretty easily. And in React, that's that's very much not the case. It's all one-way data flow. How How is that to get through? Yeah, I don't even think I've got there yet. Like I am literally the most basic React developer right now. I, okay. I can build basic components. I can put some, you know, styling in there. I can, I can do very little, <laughs> um, but I can add TypeScript to it. So I can add my types, which is very, <laughs> very cool. But I haven't even, like I've done a course on using hooks and stuff. So I can say, yeah, I've done a workshop. I know hooks. No, I don't know hooks. I have not built an application with hooks. Therefore, I do not know hooks. That's the way I, I look at things, right? So my React skills are very low at the moment and they're building every day. And one of the tasks they've given me at work, which is kind of really, really cool and also really scary is they've started giving me tasks on like the main core to like, and they're just simple tasks, but you have to dive into the React, into the whole project and kind of like see how things work. And that's really how you learn. So the more I do these kind of things, then the quicker I learn React because you'll only learn React if you build constantly in it and repeat those same things again and again and again and come up across like new problems and new challenges. But it's a it's an ongoing process is learning a new framework. You're not going to learn in two weeks, right? It's 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 going to take me months to properly actually learn it and get to the level where I feel comfortable and say, yeah, I'm a React developer. Because right now I'm not a React developer. I'm just a junior, junior, junior learning React. <laughs> you so have, oh, let me ask ahead, you a question Steve. related to job hunting, just because when I was job hunting last year, there were a couple positions and I've lose track of how many that would have involved React. So I'm just curious to see how during your interview process, you know, you're, you're interviewing for a job that's writing React and you know nothing about it or TypeScript and you have view background. How does that, uh, were they not looking for, they were just looking for a general coder who could learn React or were they just amazed with your, with your public relations skills and all those skills you've been doing that you just blew them away? Or uh, I, I'm just curious to see how that, how that worked out. Yeah, it's, it's funny, actually, because I didn't even look for a job, right? So they found me on Twitter and they contacted me through a recruiter. And I normally say no to all these recruiters, you know, as you do. And I, I did actually say no. And he came back at me and he's like, oh, they just really want to chat to you. And I was like, fine, but I'm not looking for a job. So it's going to be a waste of your time. And, that, and then I had like the call and I saw, told him, I have a job. I love my job at Nook. So, you know, I don't know why we're having this conversation. And I wasn't really listening to him. I really didn't know what the job was really about or what the company was really about. And I ended up on another call, which ended up on another call. And 
And then when they sent me the code, I just kind of got really excited. I was like, oh my God, this is actually challenging. This is really hard. And now I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know if I can do this job. So now I'm interested <laughs> because if I could do this job, then it's like, what's the point in changing, right? So yeah, one of the things I was very worried about was the fact that I don't have like React skills. I don't have any, I, I mean, I did learn it three years ago or something for like two weeks, but you know, I'm not a React developer. And I did bring that up in the interview and I went, you know, my React skills are, are not good. Like, I wouldn't like to lie to you and come in here and, you know, you think I'm going to be building React applications in a day because this is not going to happen. And, and they, they were like, yeah, we know that. That's no problem. Because they consider that if you can learn one framework, you can learn another. Another Anything can be learned if you're willing to learn something and if you're the type of person that, you know, is going to spend time learning stuff and always push yourself to learn more, then it doesn't really matter if you don't have that specific framework. Because at the end of the day, it's all just JavaScript, right? If they were going to put me in PHP or in Java, that's a different world altogether. But at the end of the day, it is all just JavaScript. Do you have, let me back up. When I'm learning a new framework or a new language or something, I, I like to have a project in mind that I'm going to try and build. It sounds like you were doing that somewhat with your blog, but I'm, I'm curious, both you, Steve, and Debbie, do you have any particular project that you go to? It's like, I'm going to learn React, so I'm going to do X because this is what I do when I'm learning something new. Or, or is it just kind of, I'm, I'm looking for an idea. Whenever the first idea comes, that's what I'm going to use. What's, what's your, what's your go-to for stuff to build? You're talking yeah. a project like somebody else's existing project or one that maybe I've no, done so, or both. So, so like an example, I, when I was learning React, I decided I was going to build this turn-based strategy game, you know, see if I can get out the board, see if I can move pieces around just very I feel like it's simple, but that's because I've been doing it that's a lot. That's way now. too hardcore for me. <laughs> uh, so, so I was going. I was just building a basic grid and being able to click on piece, on sections of the grid, and basic basically a drag and drop just with clicking instead of actually dragging and dropping. So I built that in React, and then I built it in TypeScript. Then I built it in Svelte. Then I built it in Elm, and I just build this same project over and over in these different languages and different frameworks. You know you rock, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you. When I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess I'm curious, am I unique in this, that I have this, this set project that I just build in everything? Or Completely. For me, yes. Although maybe, maybe like if you take my website as an example, and my website isn't just a blog, right? There's a lot of stuff going on there because it's been built up over the year with everything that Nuxt released Debbie used in that project, even if it wasn't necessary. So I just created stuff because Nuxt had a new module. Nuxt has this, so let's use it. Let's test it out. Let's let's put it into the application. I mean, my app, my app, my website is using Storyblock. It's using Nuxt content and it's using Hasora. Why? Because you know why not, right? I don't need to use three different ways of getting you know content, but that's how I learn things by just constantly building things with new things and extending. So taking my website and putting it into React is actually a complex project because there's quite a lot of stuff going on there and there's a lot to deal with. But I don't have a specific one that I would always build like, like one complete like game or anything like that. I like to use real use cases, something I don't play games. That's the thing. So I like to use, you know, something that I have out there that I know. And yeah, I don't know, Steve, I don't know about you. Maybe you, you do the same. <laughs> yeah, I always, when I'm building something new, 
I always prefer to find something that's built that I can look at as compared to, you know, trying to weed through the docs. Okay, this is how I piece this together and this is how I piece this, this together. And so I'm huge on having a working project that I can look at and see how it works, you know, even if it's just a basic framework, you know, and then you extend it from there. So whether I get that through walking through a video course, you know, like one of uh, Max Horsemuller's courses that build something and you have something left that you can play with an extend or taking a demo like inertia js has some really good demos combining like laravel with with view and and so on so if i have a working example of something that i can you know play with and in my case i'd love to debug you know whether it's the debugging tools in the browser or if i'm dealing with php you know x debug in my ide then that's how I familiarize myself and see how things function and then shows me how I can piece something together. But my question on that one is, because I do like obviously the workshops and tutorials, right? But you're following along to someone's code. So you're not really actually building, you're just coding along. Do you then take that example and try and build it yourself without looking at that video? A lot of times I'll go through videos multiple times just so I can understand. Like one time, what I've, what I've learned to do after running through a number of, of, you know, multiple hour video courses, one I did on Nux, for instance, is to go through it twice. Once, just sort of code along with what he's doing, with what whoever the instructor is, is doing. And then two, go back and watch it again, just watching and yeah. sort of absorb what I just did so that I understand what I did. Because sometimes you're coding along, it's like, great, I did all that what did I just do? Yeah, that (laughs) happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, it's going to depend on the quality of the course and how well they describe, you know, what's going on. But, you know, to back up your guys' point, doing is the best way way to learn it. You know, in my current job, you know, we had an episode come out here a couple months ago, I think that we did with my boss at GovTribe. And on top of learning Laravel, I haven't used Laravel, I was in Drupal and PHP, but not Laravel, and they're very different to a certain extent. I also had to learn our infrastructure and which is crazy complex using this huge Mongo database and so on. So uh, I spend a lot of Zoom time with my boss walking through stuff and coding and, you know, just doing it myself and getting tasks and coding and, and learning things that way. And after a few months, I've got my head around our structure a lot more, even though I'm still learning. But, you know, instead of, I always tell him, he's like, do you want me to, you know, do a Zoom call and I can code and you can watch? I'm like, no. <laughs> I want to code. You can talk me through it because that's yeah. the best way it's going to get into my brain. I'm exactly the same, right? They they sometimes want to, I'll show you. And I'm like, no, don't show me. Tell me. I want, I need to press the buttons and just tell me. It'll be slower because they like obviously code a lot faster, right? So it's going to be a lot slower process, but it will be a better process because I will learn faster. So yeah, I'm exactly the same. On the note of courses, Debbie, you mentioned uh, that you've taken a few while learning React. Which would you recommend for somebody either brand new starting to React or somebody who, like yourself, was a Vue developer and then is learning React for a particular reason or job or something? Yeah, I personally like both. Uh, Brian Holt's course, which is on front-end masters. It's a really, really, really good course. Uh, it's like a workshop, so you're like taking it through like four and a half hours of, of building that application. So like what Steve said, building the application and coding along, and then you've got that final product. So that was really, really good. And then Ken C. Dodd's one is probably, I probably should have done Ken C. Dodd's one first and then Brian Hall's one, but I did the other way around because Ken explains things a lot kind of a lot easier. So he's got a course that's free on, on Egghead, which is really good because then like if you don't have any money and you want to just check it out, then that's a great place to start. And then he's also got this epic one, which is a little bit expensive, 
but it covers so much content that it's like, oh my God. So I, I've actually purchased this and um, I'm going to start working through it. But like, I haven't started, but I need to understand hooks at a very deep level. I need to do testing. I need to do a lot more than just basic React stuff. So that one from Kenzie Dodd is going to be hopefully amazing. I'm hoping it's going to be amazing because it looks amazing, but I haven't done it. But definitely the Egghead one, which is the free one I did for getting started with React, that was um, definitely worth it. So that was good. But yeah, I mean... I'm the type of person that I can never learn from one person. So if you just give me Kenzie Dodds, it's not enough. I need Kent and I need um, Brian Holt and Wes Boss as well. He's got some great courses too. And if you take the three instructors, I will learn better because they'll all explain it different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, getting different perspectives on doing something and why you're doing something. You know, it's the same approach I take. Let's say I'm I'm researching on a um, something I want to buy for my home, like a, a a washer, you know, a clothes washer, mm -hmm. for instance, what I'll do is I'll just start Googling for uh, reviews on washers for something, you know, whatever the criteria is. And then I'll read tons of reviews. And when I start seeing patterns, this one always floats to the top of everybody's recommendation list, or this brand is always at the bottom. Don't get it because it really sucks. That type of stuff. I'll look for patterns across multiples and and then use those patterns to figure, okay, that's that seems to be the, the route to go. And the same with coding, whether, you know, there's a bazillion YouTube videos out there um, on Vue, on React, on, you know, you name it. So like for Vue, I might uh, look up some stuff, but Eric Hanchett does, or I'll look at Max Schwarzmiller stuff or, you know, any number of people and sort of look for patterns and this is the best way to do it and and then pick where to go from there. This is why it's really important. Like people like always think I'm going to create content, but oh, it's already out there. So I shouldn't, I can't create it. I, I shouldn't do it because it's already there. Like, no, like create it because people will watch different things and learn different ways. And it like, the, like imagine if we only had Brian Hall's course, for example, because Kent C. Dodd said, I'm not going to create a course because Brian Hall's created one. Like that would be terrible, right? Or Wes Boss decided, oh, I won't create courses because... Brian Hall's got one. No way. Like we need all these people to create all these amazing courses so we can all learn. So if you're out there and you're thinking of creating content, whether it's a blog post, a course, whatever, do it, do it and share it. And, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people will actually need it and use it. I completely agree with that. And I'll second Kenzie Dodds as a teacher. I've taken his testing JavaScript course, and that is an excellent way that I, I got a lot more comfortable with unit testing and just Jest and Cypress in general, and some of the concepts behind testing your JavaScript applications. So I, I completely agree. He's a great teacher. And I've heard great things. <laughs> it is. And and I've heard great things about Epic React as well. Uh, it definitely is pricey, but I've I've heard really good things. Yeah. Try and get your company to pay for it if you can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Debbie, I'm assuming you're not just going to disappear from the the view community. You're, I'm assuming that you're still going to be involved in, to some extent, right? You know, what? it was funny thing because, you know, when you start a new job and like they're telling you, right, you're going to be building, you'll eventually build some maybe view tutorials and stuff. But in the first, I don't know, parts of your career in this new company, you're going to be just doing React focused things, right? And you know that like, okay, my life is now changing to React. And one of the things I was very worried about is leaving the view community. And I was like, and I said it to them, before I accepted the job, I said, I want to still be at a view conference and be on stage when it's possible, <laughs> singing karaoke, whatever new, because that's what I do. And that's what I enjoy. And there's a thing about the view community that, you know, other communities, and I don't know, because I'm not an, 
in the React community enough to know what kind of community it is. But I just know the Vue community is family. It's really like a family. And like some of my bestest friends are what I see when I want to go to a conference or now it's like they've been my support bubble, like through Twitter and stuff through this whole year. And I can't just walk away from that. That's like walking away from your family. So you're asking me to leave a family and go somewhere else. No way, I can't do that. And that's one thing I made very clear. And they were like, no, we want you to be you. And if that means that you're going to be on stage doing karaoke with Evan you, then go ahead. But we want you to like wear the bit t-shirt. And I was like, well, I can do that. That sounds good. So yeah, there's a there's a whole thing where, you know, I'm not leaving the, the view community and I'm still like, even leaving my job at Nooks, I actually cried when I was telling my boss, like I, I couldn't get the words out because the thoughts that I was leaving was like, like, what if they don't want me ever to be involved in Nooks again? That would like break my heart. And they were so nice. And they were like, no, we still want you to be an ambassador and still like, you know, and we're so proud of you. And this is a great challenge. And they were like, they're incredible. So yeah, I'm still doing Nux stuff. I'm still in the Nux bi-weekly meetings. I'm still an ambassador for Nux. I'm still in the Slack channel. I can, you know, communicate and chat with them at any point. And I'm doing a lot of like Nux conference talks still. Um, I'm doing a workshop. So I'm actually doing one in April in USA, obviously virtual, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny because that's the last night of normality I had was at the VIEW conference last year. That was my last um, thing was singing with, with Evan Yu actually karaoke and in a, in a disco bar. We were all piled into this really small place, all sharing a microphone. And um, that was my last night of normality. So yeah, it'd be nice to kind of do that conference. And I'll be doing a workshop on Nuxt and a conference talk on, on Nuxt performances. That's coming up and there's going to be more stuff in the future as well. So, yeah, you can't get rid of me, Lindsay. I'm always going to be here. <laughs> and honestly, I'm very grateful to hear that. <laughs> I, I really appreciate everything you've done in the Nuxt community and the View community. All of your, your videos, your blog posts, your website as an example of how to incorporate Nuxt things. I, it's all excellent. So I'm very glad to hear that you'll you'll still be around. Thank you. <laughs> well, great. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? I don't know. I mean, I could talk all night. We could just talk about drinking because <laughs> because after this, I'm literally going to go and have beers because it is St. Patrick's Day. So we can talk about that. No, let's not do that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's a good a good way to kind of just talk about that. This is a year. It's a very strange year. We went through a very, very difficult year. I think we've been through the worst and the most difficult part. I think things are going to get a lot better. And like you've seen, Lindsay, I've just changed jobs. You've changed jobs. And we've seen a lot of our amazing friends have also changed jobs. I'm not telling you that everyone should just go and change their job right now. But I'm just saying that the possibilities are endless. And thanks to tech and being in tech, we're now able to work anywhere in the world, which before wasn't a possibility. So I'm working for a company in Israel. That before was not a possibility because they had offices. And now they don't have offices. We have virtual offices in Discord. Therefore, I can work from a small island in Mallorca and my team is in Israel and there's someone else in Miami and someone else in somewhere else. And that's all OK. So the opportunities are out there. And I think we should kind of like try and put behind this whole negativeness of the pandemic and kind of think of the positive things that we've gained and just think like we can do so much this year. So just be positive and just go out there and make life changing decisions because this is the best year to do that. <laughs> Awesome. And I completely agree. So thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, 
get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. All right. At this point, we will move on to picks. Picks are the part of the show where we share things that we like with the community. It doesn't have to be programming related. And I will start with Steve. Do you have a pick for us today? Yeah, I'm going to go with a couple of uh, Instagram posts. And Debbie, I was looking for a way to swing in a React pun in there, and I never did quite jump in and get it done. There were so many opportunities, and I just I missed it. So I didn't sorry. react fast enough. Yes, I didn't. I was trying to be reactive to her React job to see how she reacted to having the right React. I didn't but... react because you didn't react in the first. <laughs> there we go. I think we just squeezed in about 20 there. So that's good. <laughs> Anyway, I am a fan and purveyor of the, whether you want to call them dad jokes, puns, bad jokes, horrible jokes, whatever. But I do have, as much as I claim to write all my jokes, uh, I do get some from other sources. And so I have a couple Instagram accounts that I have found that are uh, good sources. One is pun Bible, so pun underscore Bible. And they've got a quite a different variety. A lot of them, some of them are, image-based and some are just text, but uh, they're good. And then another one is one of my faves is called Stand Up T-Rex. And it's just this one panel with four cartoons that basically shows a T-Rex doing stand-up for a bunch of other dinosaurs. And it just, you know, throws the jokes in, but the images help sometimes. So anyway, I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes. Great. Thank you. And I will go next because Debbie has spent most of the time talking. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to have three picks today. Got to rest your voice so you can, so you can enjoy yourself tonight. I'm going to do three picks today and two of them are self-promoting. So enjoy. One will just be that game I was talking about that I build just so people have reference to it. The game is called Jeralin and it is a turn-based strategy game. It supports up to eight players on a single computer. So it's not multiplayer across devices. There is an AI. There are actually multiple AIs. So have fun. Enjoy. Let me know if there are any bugs. The current version is written in Elm, not Vue. I apologize. My second pick is a blog post that I wrote, uh, Introduction to Vite. So it's a full introduction and explanation of where Vite came from, what Evan Yu was aiming for, what it does, how to get started, and comparing it against tools like Create React App and Vue CLI. So hope you enjoy that. And the third pick that I have is this game that I discovered called spacetraders.io. The premise of the game is it is purely an API. There is no front end for this game. The, it then gives you, as a developer, an opportunity to learn things by implementing a front end or even a back end. They, they specifically encourage building a React UI or building bots using Go. So enjoy. I've been really having a blast exploring it and just seeing what I can do with it. And it's, I mean, it's a fully fleshed out game for like buying spaceships and going out and doing some, some trading with uh, the resources that are available. So nice little fun pastime. That is what I have today. Uh, oh. Debbie, 
What pick okay, do you I'm have gonna, for us? Don't think I'm going to have as many as you. <laughs> Actually, this just came to mind, and I think it's something I watched the other day, and it's really, really cool, and I think everyone should watch the video. And it's about Adam describing what Tailwind CSS have just done with the just-in-time compilation. I think it's absolutely amazing. And uh, a lot of people, like, you know, say, oh, Tailwind is slow in development, et cetera. Like, just watch this video, and you're just going to be mind-blown, and you're, like, going to be like, oh, my God, seriously, how fast is this? Um, it also just explains to you a little bit about how how to use Tailwind, how Tailwind works. Really, really cool video, um, and you should just watch it. I think it's only like ten minutes or something, so it's definitely worth watching. And I guess I should also like say that you should check out Bit, and that it, it, I know, right? It's, <laughs> I'm doing my job here, Lindsay. Right? <laughs> I get paid to do this, so I'm going to do it. Um, but what's no, called it's a shameless plug. Oh, is it okay? Well, I'm well. I'm going to I'm going to do two then, two shameless plugs. Because one is I think you should check it out. You'll see the banner at the top that says our, our Harmony version. It's in public bed and click on that one. You'll see the new docs and stuff. But I actually created a video um, on YouTube on our Bit channel. So just follow like Bit YouTube channel. And the video is like actually about me learning how to get started with Bit. And we're going to continue with this kind of series. So you might kind of go, oh, my God, like, like Debbie's actually on this video making mistakes in React. Like that's how real it is because my React skills are not at that level. And we're just basically live coding my whole experience of learning how to use Bit and learning how to do stuff with Bit and React at the same time. And that's going to be some kind of like fun videos. If you want to watch my learning process, we're just going to live it all on YouTube. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to check out that video on Bit as soon as we're done here. Debbie, where can people find you to continue this conversation? Oh, I live in Twitter. Like I practically <laughs> sleep there. That's that's my new home. So you can literally like find me there. Like it's true. I don't know if it's just you, but the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I, I look on Twitter, right? And then like I go and do sport and then I come back and I open Twitter. And then like I'm having lunch and I look at Twitter. And, <laughs> and then like I'm having dinner and I look at Twitter. Before I go to bed, I'm on Twitter. I know that's terrible, right? Social media, we should all stay away from it. But Twitter is my life. It's my bar. It's my, it's the place where I connect with people. So it's like my office. It's everything. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter. You can also find me on LinkedIn. But if you really want my attention, find me on Twitter. We will make <laughs> sure you're... Uh... Come to Mallorca when you can, when it's possible. <laughs> One day. Hopefully yeah. soon. <laughs> so Debbie, you know, we were talking about job interviews before. I, there was one job interview I wanted to tell you about real quick that I had this last year where I interviewed it at a party supply store where I had inflated balloon as a test, but I blew it. <clears throat> so. Oh, I was meant to laugh at that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's, no, that was terrible. <laughs> like, thanks. is that as good as it gets, Steve? That, is that it? <laughs> I have high quality standards to maintain. <laughs> Stick to the day job. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the, the pun. <laughs> if you, if you want to hear more puns and, other episodes of our show, you can find us at viewsonview.com or at devchat.tv. You can also find us at Views on View on Twitter. You can find me at Lindsay K. Wardell. You can find Steve at Wonder95. Hope you have a good one and see you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Adios. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.